Hello and welcome. We know by now that the rabbis explained the course of human history in two stages. Two ages, this present age in which we live now and the age which is to come which was going to be wonderful. And the thing that would make the difference was the coming of the Messiah. We as believers in Jesus believe that he was and is the Messiah. And we can look back at the Old Testament and see many prophecies about him. And some of these, many of them, are pieces of the jigsaw puzzle which goes together to help us understand what is going to happen when he returns. We can use the New Testament's hindsight to understand the Old Testament better. The new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. I googled Old Testament prophecies about Messiah and one website said there are 44, another said 47, another said 55 and another said 365 which I thought was a little bit too contrived, one for every day of the year. About 50 I think is a reasonable assessment as to how many prophecies there are in the Old Testament about the coming of the Messiah in the New. Now in the Middle Ages there used to be a particularly nasty torture. It was called death by a thousand cuts and the executioner would get the prisoner and with a sharp knife slice off little bits of skin piece by piece by piece until the prisoner died in screaming agony. And so we have this saying of death by a thousand cuts. I'm going to quote the Old Testament to you a lot today. I hope you don't suffer death by a thousand Old Testament verses. As I quote them, I want you to be asking yourself the question, do you think this applies to the first coming or the second coming? Do you think this prophecy is front of stage now or is it back of stage for the future? Is it in the foreground or is it in the background? Genesis chapter 3, for example. God will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman Eve, and between offspring, your offspring, and hers. He, the Messiah, will crush your head, and you, Satan, will strike his heel. Messiah is going to be wounded by Satan, but Satan is going to be destroyed by the Messiah. First coming or second coming? Genesis chapter 12. I, God, will make you, Abraham, into a great nation. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. When the Messiah came, people of all nationalities will be saved. Is that in the present age now, the time of the church, or is that something that's going to happen in the future? Chapter 49. Jacob is dying, he's about to die, and he blesses his son Judah, and he says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, until he comes to whom it belongs and the obedience of the nations is his. Judah, the Messiah is going to come from you and he's going to rule the nations. When is Jesus going to rule the nations? In this age, through the gospel, or in the age which is to come? In Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. You must listen to him. God will put his words in his mouth and he will tell them everything God commanded him. The Messiah will be a prophet. But we have no difficulty in identifying that as coming through at Jesus' first coming. In the Psalms, Psalm 2, God says, Ask of me 
and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. And here we have the idea of Messiah ruling all the nations of the world. Revelation talks about Jesus ruling with a rod of iron. When is that going to happen? Is that now or is it in the millennium or is it in the, the final heaven? What about chapter 9? He will judge the world in righteousness. He will govern the peoples with justice. When will Jesus do that? Now or later? Psalm 16 says, You will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. In other words, the Messiah will die, but will not rot. Well, we know that came true at the resurrection. The book of Acts explains that prophecy. In Psalm 22, the death of Messiah is described. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I am despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots of my clothing. They have pierced my hands and my feet. Well, we have no difficulty there in seeing the crucifixion of Jesus. The Messiah, the Romans hadn't even started crucifying people yet. Uh, this is 500 years before the Messiahs began to crucify their prisoners. In Psalm 41, even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. In other words, my best friend, or one of my friends, has kicked me in the teeth. And we see that fulfilled in Judas Iscariot, don't we, at the time of the Last Supper. Psalm 78, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter th hidden things, things from of old. Jesus, the teller of parables, first coming. Psalm 110 is the most quoted Old Testament passage in the New. Yahweh says to David's Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. It's quoted by Jesus. When? When are Jesus' enemies going to be made a footstool for his feet? Now, during this age, or in the millennium, or in the final heaven and earth that are going to be created? Again, the same psalm. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Messiah is to be a priest. And Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, explains that at length. Notice, Jacob had said the Messiah will be a king. Moses had said the Messiah will be a prophet. And David says the Messiah will be a priest. Prophet, priest, and king. The three offices of Jesus. Isaiah said, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. We see that fulfilled in Jesus' first coming. But in chapter 9, he says, The government will be upon his shoulders. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and he will begin in Galilee of all places. First coming or second coming? Chapter 11. The Messiah will be descended from Jesse and will restore the Garden of Eden. Let me read to you from chapter 11 of Isaiah. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. The young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will not harm nor destroy on all my holy nation for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 
When is that going to take place? When is that going to be fulfilled? The millennium? Heaven? Chapter 35 said the Messiah will do miracles. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongues shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. We know that our Messiah was a healer of the sick. Chapter 42 of Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. Those words were used by the voice of God when Jesus was baptised. And in chapter 53, this unattractive servant will be despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, who was pierced for our transgressions, who was crushed for our iniquities, who was led like a lamb to the slaughter, who after his suffering would see the light of life, who by dying bore the sin of many. We, we see Jesus there, don't we? We see his first coming, his dying, his death, his resurrection. Jeremiah said that the Messiah would bring a new covenant. Chapter 31, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Jeremiah also said in chapter 31, A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And we saw that fulfilled with a slaughter by Herod the Great of all the children under two around the time of the birth of Jesus. Ezekiel said a new temple was going to be built, one that would be filled with the glory of God. That had never happened. And Daniel, well, where do I start with Daniel and where do I end? Let me just read a few verses from chapter 7. As I looked... Thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, the hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming up from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened." And in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was the one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed." The Son of Man, this sovereign figure who will be worshipped, who will be given an everlasting kingdom. Who is it? When will this happen? We know it's Jesus. Micah, in chapter 4, gives a wonderful description of the Messiah's day. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. 
He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Everyone will sit on their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. What a wonderful picture of peace and international harmony. When is that going to be? In our day? Certainly not. Look at what's happening in the Ukraine. No swords being beaten into plowshares there. In the millennium, in the new heaven and the new earth. Like I said in chapter 5, You, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who we ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. To us, Jesus is the Messiah and is the fulfilment of that prophecy. Zechariah said, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on donkey. You immediately think of Palm Sunday. Malachi said, see, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant. See, I will send Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. We know the Elijah was John the Baptist. And we know the coming of the Lord Jesus into the temple was the fulfilment of this prophecy. But it's more going to happen in the very last days. I hope you haven't died from a thousand cuts. I've quoted about 27 of the 55 or the 365 Old Testament references to the coming of the Messiah. Little pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. One prophet said he'd be born of a virgin. Another he'd be born in Bethlehem. Another said he'd be a king. Another a prophet. Another a priest. Another said he would do miracles. Another said he would do, tell parables. One spoke of Jesus coming into uh, Jerusalem on a donkey. Another mentioned him being betrayed, kicked in the teeth by one of his friends. He's described as a man of sorrows, led like a lamb to the slaughter, dying for our sins, rising from the dead, having died by crucifixion, establishing a new covenant between God and us. It's all obvious, isn't it? No, it wasn't obvious to the rabbis. The rabbis had all of those prophecies and they got their interpretation wrong. They didn't recognise Jesus as fulfilling any of those prophecies. We are going to do our best to understand them. We might get some of it wrong as well. Some of these prophecies, we're not quite sure whether they're at the front of the stage or at the back of the stage. When and where will Jesus rule with a rod of iron? When will we see wolves lying down with lambs? When will we see little children leading a lion? When will we see a baby playing with a cobra? When will we see nations flocking to worship God? When will we see swords beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks? When will we see a new temple filled with the glory of God? It's obvious, isn't it? Obviously, it's heaven, some people say. It's the final state when God creates the new heaven and the new earth. It'll all be like that. Others say, no, no. It's obvious, isn't it? It's the millennium. That thousand-year reign when Jesus is going to reign on earth. That's when these things are going to be fulfilled. 
Others say, ah, oh, no, 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 it's obvious, isn't it? It's, it's happening now. It's all being fulfilled spiritually through the kingdom that Jesus is building in his church. You see, it's not that easy to fit all these jigsaw puzzle pieces together. Let's just go back to those 55 prophecies. They fall into three groups. One group is about the anointed one, the Messiah, the prophet, priest and king. The king from the tribe of Judah, from the line of David, who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. The government will be on his shoulder. He'll reign on David's throne. He's waiting for all his enemies to be placed under his feet. The anointed one, the Messiah. The second group is the suffering servant prophecies. An unattractive person, despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, a man who is pierced for us, a man who is a sin-bearer, who is led like a lamb to slaughter, who is God's chosen servant, full of the Holy Spirit, who will survive death. How can the suffering servant be the same person as that anointed king? I thought the Messiah was going to rule the nations with power and authority. And now we have a servant who's put to death by his enemies. How do you put those two together? And then the third group, the Son of Man prophecies. Indeed, in the Gospels, this word is used of Jesus 75 times. It's their favoured title for Jesus, Son of Man, who approached the ancient of days, who would come with the clouds of heaven, who was given authority, glory, sovereign power. All peoples, all nations, all languages worshipped him. He was given an everlasting dominion that would never be destroyed. Jesus brought all three of those together. Jesus said, I'm fusing all three of those figures into one. The glorious Messiah, the despised suffering servant, the worshipped son of man reigning over a kingdom. He brought them all together in himself. Jesus is the anointed king with the kingdom. Jesus is the suffering servant who bore our sins and rose from the dead. Jesus is the Son of Man who would receive, has received from God an everlasting dominion. Did the rabbis get it all right in their day? No, they did not. Will all our Bible scholars in our day get it right every time? No, they will not. Will I get it right every time during this series on the second coming of Jesus? No, I will not. Have some Old Testament prophecies already been fulfilled? Yes, they have, but which ones? What about the ones that lie in the future? Will they be fulfilled during the church age? Or during the millennium? Or when God creates the new heaven and the new earth? These are questions we're going to have to grapple with, some of which I will offer answers to. I cannot tell how all the lands shall worship when at his bidding every storm is stilled, or who can say how great the jubilation when all the hearts of men with love are filled? But this I know, the skies will thrill with rapture and myriad, myriad human voices sing and earth to heaven and heaven to earth will answer at last, the saviour, saviour of the world is king. Music